Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. Joining us here on Injury Prevention Day, Nolan Turnbull, the interim president of the Manitoba uh, Kinesiology Association. Nolan, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Hal? Thanks for Great. having me. Great. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Here's the. I wanted to have you on. We'll, we'll have a discussion, but here's the headline. And when I read this, I thought, really? That, that seems crazy. Falls by seniors kill twice as many as car crashes. Yeah, it's um, pretty crazy. Not a lot of people are aware of um, the dangers of falls. And um, it's not just seniors who's affected by it, but uh, especially with the COVID uh, pandemic here, we've seen a lot of people become less active and um, increase the risk of falls and other injuries. Hmm. And obviously, if you're a senior, an older person, a fall could potentially be more serious, right? So that's why we see more deaths, I guess, when it comes to falls with seniors. Yeah, falls in seniors uh, increase the risk of hospitalization. You have the risk of um, infection. And um, when you're sedentary to begin with, you're at much higher risk of um, other comorbidities and chronic diseases. And all that can accumulate, especially if you end up in a hospital. So if we can um, prevent people from having those falls to begin with, um, but also uh, set them up to be stronger and um make sure that they aren't at risk of other chronic diseases and that as well we uh, can set them up for uh, success there you mentioned the pandemic um well i think some people got in better shape right became more active during the pandemic i think you tell me most people became less active less mobile and as you said that can lead to injury and other problems Yeah, you're definitely right. We saw, I think, an increased awareness of uh, home workouts and people trying to find um, ways to be active when they couldn't go out and do things. But for the most part, a lot of Canadians um, did become more inactive. And uh, time is something that people struggle with to to, um, find time to be active at all. And then when you throw in all the other barriers that the pandemic threw, it's really not surprising at all that people did become uh, more um, more inactive. So now with things opening up in that, um, it's not about necessarily getting to the gym and that, but those little things that you can do with the little bit of time you have, they can really add up to make a difference. Okay, talk about that. So, you know, I, I think everybody listening right now says, yeah, you know, I got to uh, exercise a little more. I got to be a little more active. And you said you, you don't have to necessarily go to a gym or give us some ideas of what we can do on a daily basis. Or is it, you know, three times a week, every day? How much time? What should we be doing? Give us your best advice, Nolan. Great question, Hal. So um, the reality of it is is most people aren't moving enough at all. And what we do know is simply breaking up the amount of time you spend sitting, um, getting up more frequently, moving around, getting that blood flowing that can actually have profound effects on your health as far as um, preventing those chronic diseases we talked about earlier, but also fall risk. So if you're not active currently, some things to think of doing are simply trying to reduce the amount of time you spend sitting or laying down during the day. Uh, If you do need to do that, trying to get up, just go for a little bit of movement around the house. There's a lot of things you can do while seated. And if you're struggling with that, that's where I'm someone like a kinesiologist or physiotherapist and those types of 
um, professions are able to to help you navigate that. But there's a lot of things you can do in home as far as balance exercises or light strengthening that are in, um, that are low impact and safe and won't irritate um, your bones and joints. Um, but other things you can do too that are also really simple are just try and safe proof your home, try and remove throw rugs, look for things that you might trip over that might need to be fixed around the home, things like that. Other simple things you can do, focus on staying hydrated, sipping water throughout the day, maintaining a balanced diet, and also really closely monitoring your medications, making sure you take those. um, And if you have any concerns with them, um, looking into... um, uh, making sure you understand them, as some medications make you prone to dizziness or falls as well. Right, sure. That's all really good advice. I'm curious, how has the pandemic, how has COVID-19 impacted your association, your business, the people in your profession, Nolan? Uh, great question. I think there's, um, across the kinesiology profession, Canada-wide, there's been a um, huge push on how kinesiologists can help Um Kinesiology is a fairly new and growing profession, and people don't always understand what it is and what we do, and hopefully I can help um, people understand that. But the Mm -hmm. main thing I think with this um, uh, pandemic is that we've seen how kinesiologists can really help fit that niche. We can spend the time with um, clients or patients to sit down with them and uh, take the time to help them understand how they can be active in that little bit of time they have and how to be um, safe in doing so and really uh, address their goals. Um, the pandemic has really helped us um, highlight how we can uh, help fill some of those gaps if people are feeling that they're um, not heard. Um, and the best thing uh, the kinesiologists can do too is help communicate with the other healthcare professionals and involve them in the team. So overall for our um, profession, what we've been doing is a lot of advocacy during the pandemic. Um, with patients, with clients, and with other health professions. And then um, as far as actually seeing what my practice looked like during the pandemic, it was definitely a lot of helping people get moving again who had fallen off the wagon or had other barriers introduced. One of the most common things I heard was, I was able to be active before, I was doing things, but this barrier came up because of the pandemic. And so for me, it was a lot of helping people address that barrier, modify things so that they can get moving again and be healthy and happy. And have you been working with uh, clients virtually? Is that going to continue? Is what you do better face-to-face in the same room together? Give us a sense of how it's been and, and how it will be. Great question. Uh, the best uh, answer I can give you is um it's what's best for the person, right? Everyone's individual and has their different um, needs and goals. As far as for myself and my profession, um, I uh, definitely prefer to see people in person if I can. I really value that personal connection. But we're mm-hmm. still able to do that virtually and over the phone, just like you and I are connecting right now. Um, so those services will still be provided, uh, provided sorry, both for um, uh, one-on-one counseling and group programs as well. Um, a, a lot of kinesiologists are still looking at providing those um, virtually and um, uh, remotely into the future because I think this goes for all professions. There's been an emphasis or a, a, a new realization on how 
hmm, maybe that's something we weren't doing the best before and how can we make those services better and more engaging, mm-hmm. more fun, more accessible, et cetera, right? So there are a lot of um, pros to virtual or remote delivery and that type of thing. So they're definitely not going anywhere. And if that's what's right for someone, we'll still make sure we have that option available. Nolan, give us a, a website if people want more information. For sure. If people are looking for more information on kinesiology and the profession, you can see www.cka.ca. There's also information on the Manitoba Kinesiology Association there as we're affiliated. Um, You can also follow the Canadian Kinesiology Alliance on Facebook and Twitter at CDN Canadian Kinesiology. So at CDN Kinesiology, which is spelled K-I-N-E-S-I-O-L. O-G-Y. I can spell it. I have a hard time saying it. Noam, thanks a lot. Really appreciate your help with this. Thank you, Hal. I wish you all the best. Have a good day. Thank you. You as well. Noam Turnbull, Interim President, Manitoba Kinesiology Association. It's Injury Prevention Day. And again, the headline that got my attention, and I said, gee, i, I got to have Nolan on to talk about this. Falls by seniors kill twice as many as car crashes but as nolan just told us there are some things you can do to prevent falls from happening so a lot of people are saying where is mayor bowman brian bowman our current mayor on the crime issue and then a lot of people are saying well who should be our next mayor because crime is definitely one of the big issues that they are going to have to deal with chris adams joins us now adjunct professor Political Studies at the University of Manitoba. Chris, good morning. Hi, Hal. Nice to be on your show again. Thank you. So when Glenn Murray announced, you know, almost two weeks ago now that he was in, and we suspected he would be in for a long time, you said at that point, I saw a global news story, you said Murray, Gillingham, and Muckaluck, likely the uh, front runners, the perceived front runners at this point. Would you still agree the three of them, or is anybody else cutting through? Well, I'd say there might be a few others to consider. One is Sean Loney. He had a good start with a number of volunteers showing up at his, his events. But I, I And, uh, um, you know, there are some others. You know, Robert Falcon Willette has name recognition and yep. uh, is, is in the mix. So, you know, how there, I would say there are three phases in this, in this election. One is the early phase in which we were just coming out of. Uh, the one in which people are kicking the tires, wondering whether to run, talking to people, advisors on, on whether they have a viable chance. The second thing is this summer we're going into kind of a quiet period, and this will be a critical time for people to do their fundraising. Because as you know, you need money to run for mayor, to get signs made, to buy advertising, and, and to hire a, a very decent campaign director. And then the third thing is the the sprint to the finish, and and that's a two month period towards later part of October, starting after Labor Day. Um, so to your question, I think uh, uh, those names would be kind of the front runners. We see Gillingham, uh, Jenny Mukalak, and and um, um, Glenn Murray, and there might be other other ones, but I think we'll have to watch as to who starts advertising, who's got the money to raise the profile. Mm-hmm. What do you? I read my uh, column from Saturday in the Sun. I don't know if you saw it or if you heard it. I read it just before you came on here, before mm-hmm. uh, we took a break, and I suggested. And some of the you know eleven people, almost a dozen people now that are running, I've I've got some issues yeah. with some of them. But I said, here's what I said. I I think we need a big name that's going to come in with a fresh set of eyes and isn't going to worry about getting 
somebody with name recognition because it takes a lot of that to get to get elected but also someone yeah. who's going to say here are the things i have to do i'm not worried about getting reelected i'm going to get as much done as i can for the good of winnipeg and the people of winnipeg in a term in 4 years and if they want me back great if they don't not worry about getting reelected and i think a lot of politicians at every level of government worry about that instead of worrying about doing their job yeah well i, I would think how that a lot of people right now who are candidates would say, that's me, that's me. So, so I, I think there are a lot of people who think that they can be the name to come in to sort of set things straight. And, and I think people looked at Sammy Cates when he, when he was uh, first coming into the mayor's uh, campaign uh, many years ago. I think people saw him as that type of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say that there are some credible candidates right now um, I don't know if you've ever watched like a half marathon, but half marathons, as, as they go on, you start seeing the line stretching and stretching and stretching. And I'm usually in the far, far back of that line. But the front <laughs> I'm watching. Are, are the I'm people. on I'm on the side of the road watching, Chris. <laughs> Handing the glasses of, of, of water. Yeah, water. Uh, but so, so but I mean, we will see as we move into August, we'll really clearly see who are the front runners there. And um, you can bet the business community, as in the past, the business community and the organized labor community and the progressive um, um, groups, uh, like the environmental groups, they are deciding on to who to be backing. And um, we will see by August as to who are really the people who are drawing the the organized um, uh, donors and, and, and strategists um, as to who is their favorite candidate. And that's when we'll really see who those people are that you're mentioning in your Sun article. Who are the people who, who uh, really can claim to be coming in to run the levers of power and, and handle the big, the big questions? And it's true. Like, we've got some big issues. Crime right now, which was not a top-of-mind issue five months ago is a, is a top-of-mind issue, especially what we saw at the Forks. Hey, Chris, I've only got time for a quick question and a real quick answer. So so 30 questions, uh, 30 seconds if, if you can do it in, in that. Sorry, if you can sure. do it in that. But here's my question. Political experience, does it matter? Is it important to hire a, a mayor, elect a mayor who has political experience, or do you think a newbie is a better way to go? I, I think political experience, that you know that when people are giving you a line, uh, that I think it's important that people know um, what's coming around the curve and to know how to handle things, or else if not politically experienced, at least experience in running things, whether it's a big company or or uh, um, a union uh, or things like that, but somebody who's experienced in management or running um, uh, political office. Chris, I'll save more time for us next time. Thanks a lot. Good. Thanks, Hal. Take care. Bye-bye. I did this interview actually, gee, almost a month ago. I'm glad I'm back in time to get it on the air before they play Club Regent Casino. I'm talking about the Zombies. Lead singer of the Zombies, Colin Blundstone. I had a chance to talk with him about their upcoming show here in winnipeg they play the zombies colin and the zombies play club regent on thursday night hi how how you doing i am great thank you so much for doing this where are you at as we speak well i'm in london at the moment i'm just getting ready to uh pack my bag 
and get over to Canada to play some gigs with the zombies. Yeah. We're so excited, really looking forward to it. Well, we're excited to have you here on July 7th at Club Regent Event Center. What sort of show can fans expect? Well, I think, you know, it's always a high-energy show with the zombies. We'll play all the hits. We'll play some deep cuts, and we'll play some tunes from our last, uh, the last album that was recorded by the original band, Odyssey and Oracle which um, Rolling Stone is named as one of the top 100 albums of all time. And we'll also play at least four brand new songs from a new album that we've just finished. So there'll be four songs that no one's ever heard before. I think it's going to be really exciting. Very cool. You talk about high energy. Is it harder to get the energy built back up again after all these years for a show, or is it just kind of always there when you need it? <laughs> I think it's always there, yeah. It's automatic pilot. Um, push me on a stage and I'm ready to go, you know. Um, I think I just built that way. I can't help myself. And the rest of the band are the same. We, Rod Arden and myself often discuss this, that there's more energy in this band, which is certainly more of a mature band, shall we say, than the, the original Zombies when we were teenagers. There's more energy with this band. Um, you, you, you can't hold them down, you know. They just... They they give everything when they're on stage, they're, they're, and they're great players, really great players. You mentioned new music, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, some of the hits that we know the zombies for, like uh, She's Not There, uh, Tell Her No, She's Coming Home, Time of the Season. I mean, these songs are getting close to 60 years old, and that's what fans come to hear. I think it's great that you play some new stuff, but they come to hear the hits, right? Well, I think most people do, yeah. And we'll, we will always play the hits. And I think people will be surprised how many songs that we play that they'll recognize, even if they weren't big hits. Mm. Because a lot of our songs are featured in commercials and in films. And people recognize those songs as soon as they hear them. And often they think that they were hits, but they weren't. They were just in big films or in commercials. So there's a lot of the songs that we play that people will be very familiar with. But we like to just temper that with introducing some new tunes but you know we don't we don't like to uh overdo it because uh, we, we want to keep people's uh, concentration but um it's it's good for us and i think it's good for the audience too to just hear some brand new music as well and it's the kind of thing that really motivates our bands that we love to write and record new material and there are not that many 60s bands that are still writing and recording new music. And I think that's what one of the things that makes the zombies different. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm curious, you mentioned your songs, your music being used in commercials. We're seeing so many big artists now sell their entire catalogs. I'm sure somebody has approached the zombies. Is that something you'd be open to? Or do you feel like these these are ours and, and we're going to keep them? No, it's really interesting, actually. I've noticed that, that there's so many... Uh, catalogs are being sold and actually there is a negotiation going on at the moment mm. I, can't, I can't really talk about it in detail but there is a negotiation going on at the moment whereby uh, our catalog may change hands yeah oh. so we're sort of um, we're in the mix too with all the other mm. people that are, that are doing deals with their catalogs it seems, it's funny I never heard of this a few years ago but yeah. it seems to be very much the thing of the moment you know yeah of those old hits those classics that everybody knows the zombies for is there one that you just love to play and and perform over and over and over again 
Well, I think She's Not There will always be a special song for me because it changed our lives forever. Well, no one told me about her, the way she lied. Well, no one told me about her, how many people cried. But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. Well, let me tell you about the way she looked, the way she acted, the color of her hair. Her voice was soft and cool, her eyes were clear and bright, but she's not there. When we recorded that song, we were 18 years old. And I think by the time it came out, probably we're just about coming up to 19. And it was a huge hit all over the world. And we went from being, you know, young teenage guys in um, a little town north of London, about 30 miles north of London. And suddenly we were a touring professional band. And it did kind of happen overnight for us. And it's all because of that song, She's Not There. And I, for me, it is a bit of a magical song because of its history. But also it has a timelessness about it. It sounds as fresh and as relevant today as it did when we first recorded it. So I'm, I'm always super excited when we play that song. What's on your playlist right now? What are you listening to? I listen, you know, I listen to one guy, an awful lot, someone I used to know, sadly, he's, he's passed away. He's a singer-songwriter called Duncan Brown. Hmm. I do recommend if anybody gets a chance to check his music out. He, you know, he's on, he's on the internet. You can find him. Yeah. Duncan Brown, singer-songwriter. And uh, I listen to him all the time. I, I just, his, his songs, are, I love the lyrics. There's so, so much depth in them. And and the, the melodies, the, the const- musical construction of the songs is just wonderful. And I know that probably because I did know him quite well. And I used to watch him write his songs. And I know that they're quite complicated to play and of course he had to conceive of the of the song in the first place so i think he had a a wonderful wonderfully sophisticated musical mind and i just find his his music great to listen to hour after hour so when i'm on the road i play his songs all the time and probably drive people crazy but luckily i've got headphones so they don't really know what i'm listening to duncan brown that's the name good tip thanks for that appreciate it colin travel safely we can't wait to see you here in winnipeg Thank you so much, Al. It's been great talking to you, and we're really looking forward to coming over there and playing for you. All the very best. Colin Blunstone, lead singer of The Zombies. Colin and The Zombies playing Club Regent Casino on Thursday night. A couple of people have texted me and emailed saying, gee, I'm glad you reminded me of The Zombies. I've been hanging on to the, hanging on to the tickets for a little while. Yeah, casinosofwinnipeg.com uh, or ticketmaster.ca or just Google Club Regent and Zombies and Uh, tickets will pop up so uh, by all means that is going to be a great show that's one of my favorite things to do is to talk to people like that people that i've watched or listened to for many years and i mean the zombies and colin they have been around for a very very long time